our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad that you're here. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, welcome. I'm so glad that you found the show. And I'm just honored that you have chosen to press play and spend some time with me today. And I'm not that surprised because I have such an exciting and fascinating interview for you today. I'm speaking with the teacher of teachers, Cindy Dale. She's an internationally renowned author, speaker, intuitive energy healer, professor of energy medicine, and author of 27 books about energy medicine, intuition, and spirituality. And That is a mouthful in itself, but that's because what we're diving into today is so encompassing of so many things that have to deal with energy and healing and presence of of these subtle fields outside of us. Um, And really what it comes down to is energy. You know, energy is at the source of every single thing in the universe. So it stands to reason that we should try and understand it. We should try and wrap our brains around it. And even though that is an incredibly difficult task, I think when you do that, when you start to expand your own intuitive power, life can shift and change in in immeasurable ways. And it really comes down to getting quiet and opening your mind. And so I hope you will be listening to this with an open mind. We are covering things like how to set boundaries to deflect undesirable energies from negative beings. We talk about how to heal by tapping into the subtle body and what the subtle body and what that energy actually is. Um, We talk about past lives and reincarnation. And lastly, something I find incredibly fascinating these days is the presence of extraterrestrials on earth and what that means in the grand scheme of things, our place in the universe. So I think you're going to love this episode. It's going to entertain you to say the least, but I think it's going to spark something within you as well. It certainly did with me. You know, if you've always kind of felt like there was more than what you're seeing and what you're hearing and what you're tasting, there's this other realm out there. And what is that? And and you're not alone in that feeling because there's so many other people who feel that way too. So I hope you love this episode. If you do, please share it with a friend. And this week's review is from Ace Dace 123 It says, hello from Amsterdam. I discovered this podcast today and I'm loving it. I think this would be helpful for every mama and papa. I can't wait to share this goodness with my loved ones. Thank you, Ace Dace. And I so appreciate all those reviews coming in. They do so much to help lift the visibility of the show and get it out to more and more mamas and papas. So without further ado, here's my episode with Cindy Dale. This episode is sponsored by Beekeepers Naturals. Beekeepers Naturals is your new medicine cabinet. Their bee-powered products are packed with propolis and potent ingredients to help support your immune system and bounce back when you need a little boost. From propolis throat spray to bee-soothed cough syrup, Beekeepers Naturals is a better way to feel better. And it's not like you have to already be sick. That's the brilliant thing behind Beekeepers Naturals. They are preventative in that they keep bacteria and viruses at a minimum in your body. So if you start 
start to feel a little sick, sometimes if I start to feel like I have a scratchy throat coming, I will just take some of the Bee Soothe cough syrup or just spray some propolis spray. And the next day after a good night's sleep, I feel completely fine. And I know for a fact it was because I introduced this incredible natural medicine essentially into my bloodstream, into my body. And it, it helped my immune system do what it needed to do. And I think that that's so the future of medicine, especially with um, all of the health concerns that we have now about immunity and health. So ready to upgrade your medicine cabinet? This amazing cough syrup always sells out quickly, so don't delay. Check out Beekeeper's Naturals to try the Bee Soothe cough syrup and discover other clean remedies your family will love. Save 15% on your order today by going to Beekeeper's Naturals forward slash unstressed. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S dot com slash unstressed to get 15% off. Meet your new medicine cabinet with Beekeeper's Naturals. Well, hello, Cindy. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you, Liz. Yeah. And just this topic specifically, I find so fascinating. I know the audience does too. Um, but for the for the woman who doesn't quite know about energy healing and subtle energies, can you give us a primer? What is it exactly? I can. And it's become really popular. I have to admit, when I started 30 years ago, everybody thought it was completely woo-woo. Now it's sort of fascinating. And the root of energy healing is energy, which is really just vibration. It's information that vibrates. Everything's made out of it. And when you're doing healing work energetically, what you're really doing is trying to look at what the cause of a problem is. And it's typically invisible. It's in what they call these days the subtle energy realms. You can't really always... Uh, see it, speak to it, but you got to find it anyway. And once you release that block or that cause, then physical reality can start to shift. So that's what we're trying to do is shift physical reality. So it's like better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see why that would be a goal. You know, if you're feeling blocked, if you're feeling stressed, you know, how do I move past this without, you know, going out and buying something or, you know, getting something from, you know, an external source. Have you always known you know, about energy? Was it, was there a certain book or a certain teacher that came into your life? How did you know that this even existed? And how did, I mean, 30 years ago, no one was talking about this. They were talking about it. You know, I was one of those kids who could actually see energy, but nobody used the word energy or anything but scary, frightening, uh, demonic or whatever. I mean, I could see ghosts and spirits. I could sense colors around people, sometimes get visions about what was going to happen. And none, nothing made any sense until I went to therapy when I was about 20. And the therapist said, you know, you're not only codependent and this and that and the other thing, uh, you know, whatever the list was at that time, lists change over time. And she said, you're psychic. So I wasn't introduced to the word energy. Mm. It was more the underpinnings of the psychic reality, which is the invisible reality. It's what we connect to when we're getting dreams or when we just know what's going on or we talk on the phone with somebody and we get off the phone and we're feeling their feelings. We were fine when we started. Mm -hmm. Now we're upset and they're, you know, you know, everything switches around. That's energy. So I started studying it and the word energy was really only added probably about 10 years ago to the lexicon. Oh, wow. That's incredible. And that's really surprising too, because I feel like, you know, before 
you know, the fifties and things like that, people were more open. Like when you look at Eastern cultures and, you know, the Indian cultures and stuff, like it was more accepted and it was, it wasn't considered woo. It was like a natural way of life. And then science came over and kind of just squashed it. Do you think we all have these psychic abilities that we all have these really strong senses of intuition, men and women, not just women. And if so, I mean, could at any point in your life, could you bring that back in? Absolutely. I think we are all born with these capabilities. And for many of us, if we do think back to childhood, we might remember just knowing that we know how mom was feeling or getting a sense of what dad was going to do after dinner or feeling that our friend was really angry, but she had painted a smile on her face. Those are very simple examples of being psychic or intuitive. We all have them. We just sort of want to fit in, don't we? Mm. <laughs> and that's, that's, you know, that's really what's challenging is we, we swallow what we know. We pretend we don't see what we can see. We, we, we push away what we can feel because we think it's going to make us more acceptable. Though, as you're saying, in indigenous cultures from forever, it's the person with the gifts who's revered. They yeah. are the shamans. They're the healers. They're the ones we go to for help. And I do think there's been a flip in our world in the past few years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are like popular shamans now. Shaman Durek is like a big name now and he's out there and like others as well. And it is like, like, oh, you know, this is, this is, you know, uh, a trendy thing now. Um, so when you look at people like that, do you, do you criticize or do you like, oh, they're just out there for, you know, the commercial aspect, or do you think it's actually real and it's actually uplifting, you know, the social consciousness? I think it's typically real. I think every so often you're going to find a person who's like, maybe I can use this or take advantage of this, but I can speak as an intuitive person. It wasn't my career goal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, this isn't something when you're a kid, you sit there and go, when I grow up, I want to be a modern shaman. I want to be a healer. I want to be a psychic. I want to channel dead people. I may, Maybe these days, some of our younger kids are a little bit more familiar. But when I was growing up, and for most of us, uh, it's not on our you know accepted list of what you go to college for. So, right. <laughs> so when people are out there doing this, it's because they have to. Mm. They have a gift. They have gifts. They have a calling. They want to help people. I think it's very, very real. And I think sometimes it gets a bad name because like any capability, I mean, accountants aren't always accurate. That's what the IRS is always, <laughs> that's why they're auditing people, right? I mean, you're not always going to get everything exact. And a lot of times people come to intuitives or energy healers because they want to get a sense of the future. Mm -hmm. But you know what? You design the future as you go. So no matter what some crystal ball person is going to tell you, you have to make certain decisions for it to open up. Yeah. So what would you say is the best reason to come to someone like you, to a healer, to gain clarity or to unblock? I mean, if, if you're going to really create your own future anyway, then why would you come to a healer in the first place? Perspective and new choices. Because the truth is that we carry our history with us. It's sort of like that backpack that so few of us stop to unpack, much less just dump the whole thing. So you're going to keep seeing things the way you always have, mm. which is the way you were raised to see them, which is the way your ancestors were raised to perceive them. So if you're going to create a different future, you need to have 
you use the word, more clarity and more depth. And maybe that person over there isn't the best one to marry. Maybe you're just you know, kind of looking through glasses that you were raised with, and you can't tell that an alcoholic isn't the best fit for you. So you're going to make much more effective decisions if you clear yourself out. And if you get rid of those, they are blocks, those energies that are altering truth, you're going to move forward so much better. And you might even actually do some physical healing through the change of these perspectives. That's what's so fascinating to me is like when you start to change the way you think, like it actually changes your blood chemistry. Like, what is that? I mean, no one's talking about that except for a a few. And why aren't they? (laughs) Because it is about perception. And, you know, for instance, we, science has shown that the brain really is a predictive organ that even if we don't think we know what's going to happen, the brain perceives changes and starts responding to what's going to happen in the future at least a minute beforehand. Your heartbeat goes up, you start sweating, and even a few seconds before, the brain is already calculating all the possibilities that could befall you and the body is responding. So you start thinking positive rather than negative, you start saying everything's going to be okay. The brain's going to relax. Mm. It's, things are fine. You know, for instance, if you're hopeful about an outcome, you have a 50 to 70% better chance of actually having a good outcome. Yeah. There's so much science around this inner awareness. And if we could just pause long enough to figure out how we're thinking about things versus how we might want to think about things. I think that's the Holy Grail. Yeah, it really is too. I mean, I could see it affecting like how you age, you know, how fast you actually age, like on a cellular level. I mean, it gives you you, you that space that you really need to, to make those better decisions that you were talking about. But going back to like the backpack, you know, of, of what we come into earth with, how much of that is genetics, you know, these, this, these stories that have been passed down, or is it just because you're with your parents who are with their parents who are with their parents, and then you just think this way? I'm just curious. Well, it is very interesting because science is now showing that there is a chemical soup around the genes. It's called the epigenome. The study is epigenetics. And that chemical soup holds, and I mean biologically, 14 generations of our ancestral memories. So what happened to grandpa and great-great-grandma is in there. So you inherit all that. And that means when there's triggers in your life or inside of you, those different kind of flavors go on and it's going to color what you do, what you perceive, and how you're going to act. I'll give you an example. Um, Several years ago, for maybe four or five years, I had arrhythmia, which is an odd, unusual heartbeat. And it stirred at about age 38, and I couldn't figure it out. Now, there's actually two interesting causes. But what I figured out first, and this took out about 50% of it, is at the same age, my grandfather on my mom's side, he was a farmer, lived in North Dakota, sort of a free-spirited thinker, did whatever he wanted to do, was diagnosed with a heart disorder. They thought he had had a heart attack. Mm. 
So they told him, you know, don't eat the fat off meat. Don't eat meat. Like he raises cattle, really. (laughs) I mean, come on. And stop working. You know, just, just turn the farm over to your cousins, to your boys. Just stop. And he goes, like, no way. And he moved through it. Three, four years later, he was fine. He lived till 92. Mm. Well, interesting that my heart problem started at the same ages that his did. So that's an example of how the epigenetics works. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. So when you are working with clients, you know, they're coming to you. I saw a video. It was fascinating. You were like doing energy healing on this woman's back and she felt it, you know, that, that breakthrough, that clarity, just that relief of, of whatever she was holding on to. What actually is going on there? Do you feel something coming out of your palm? I mean, I know you're highly certified in Reiki. Um, what, just tell us about the process, what goes through your body and what's happening with their body. Okay, so when I'm working on somebody, and anyone can do this, you just have to know your own unique way of interacting energetically. I might use my hands. I don't have to use my hands, to be honest. If I'm using my hands, I'm typically feeling for places of heat where there might be energy leaking from the person, places that are cold where they don't have enough energy coming in. But you know what I do then is I start to work with my intuition. I'm actually inside of myself asking for images, you know, psychic images, intuitive images, um, messages, feelings, senses, maybe to pick up on that person's memories that they probably don't even remember. They're going to help explain what's going on. Because, well, science will even tell you, 99.999% of like a physical object is subtle. It's invisible. And I think probably most of our real issues are that too. The other half of my arrhythmia story, and this is going to make people go, oh, this is how this subtle energy or this psychic energy really impacts us. After I figured out that it probably started the same time my grandpa's did, and I was going through some similar issues as he was when he was 38 generations apart, Uh, I still was between 10 p.m. and midnight getting arrhythmia. It was so bothersome. I went to ER. I changed my diet. I did this. I did that. I prayed. I meditated. And I didn't figure it out until I one of those nights called my mom. And I could tell she was drinking. And I then figured out probably others of my family members, because they were pretty much all alcoholics, <laughs> really, were also drinking during that time frame. Hmm. I'm allergic to alcohol. Oh. If I drink alcohol, guess what? I get arrhythmia. Wow. In this interesting sort of way, I was bringing in the alcohol they were drinking to subconsciously try to help them, heal them, be codependent, put myself in the middle, heal, cure them, whatever it was, which you can't help another person. You know, they have to help themselves. You can assist, but you can't do it for them. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I said, you know, I can't do that anymore, boom, the arrhythmia was gone completely. What? Wow. Never again at 10 p.m. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. So, I mean, how do we then protect? This is something that I love that you talk about. Protect our own energy from leaking out to trying to help others. 
even subconsciously like you were doing. How do we fortify ourselves so that we can be the healthiest and happiest while still not being shut off, you know, as these like forts out in the distance? You know, we want to interact and be part of a community. We do. And in my field, so many people advise, well, put an armor around you. And it's like, you're saying you're going to be like the Tin Man with yeah. no heart in the Wizard of Oz. He really did have a heart. We figured that out in the end. <laughs> you, you want to interact. You want to exchange and, you know, have relationships and joy and kind of see the sun and let it touch you. And so, one thing that I uh, advise for people is start to get a sense if you do bring in energy that's not yours. If you're walking along feeling fine, you pass somebody at a bus stop and all of a sudden you've got angst or a pain in your knee or you're agitated, it's probably not yours. Yeah. You don't have to know it was the person at the bus stops, but if you can connect mentally to ask that question, where'd this come from? It's going to help you not walk around with what's not yours. You cannot heal an issue that's not your own. When you're aware that maybe that uncomfortability or maybe you get off the phone, you didn't have a cold, you're talking to somebody on the phone, they did, you get off. Their cold is gone. You have a cold. This stuff gets kind of spooky. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Fire Tea. Fire Tea is a clothing line fueled by purpose and optimism. For them, life and work are both family affairs. The company was actually started by two brothers, twins to be exact, and they melded their love of fashion and business acumen into a brand that was not only beautiful and well done, offering you clothing that's going to last a lifetime, but also that's doing it in the right way for the client, for the planet, for everyone involved. And I think, you know, now we know how destructive the fashion industry can be for the planet. And Faherty is taking such a progressive stance for fashion, um, for doing things the right way. And so, so I'm so honored to work with them and to share their clothes with you. And of course, if you're listening to this, you know I'm going to get you a good deal. Uh, with the code Motherhood Unstressed, that will save you 25% off everything on the site. If you click the link in the show notes, that'll automatically apply the 25% off on your order. Or if you're doing this later, just add motherhood unstressed at checkout when you're sort of saying this was not mine it's not yours envision gold light white light whatever works for you connect to your higher power just say i would like to be washed clean of this it's a very simple maneuver i actually raised my youngest son with this he's a baseball pitcher and he you know, in that kind of format, you're constantly trying to sense what are the basemen doing? What are the coaches doing? How do they feel about the fact I just threw a ball or didn't get a hit or this or that or the other thing? You're sort of in that wide open place. And so I've taught him if you sense something unexpected and it really isn't comfortable or it's not helping you, just image. I always use gold with him because it's like God power. Just Image that coming all the way through you, releasing what's not yours, and then leave that gold energy around you. It's going to let in what you need to pick up on. It's going to let your own nourishment in. It's called the Hara line in certain cultures. It's going to go top to bottom, heaven to earth, but you're not shut down. Think of mm -hmm. it. If you're in a gold spotlight, you can keep your heart open. You can be open. You just have a really nice filter out there. That's mm -hmm. the technique I use all the time. I love that. I love that. So what would you say to like the darker energy, you know, is that such a bad thing? Can we use that 
for good to learn about, you know, what we need to learn while we're here? Can we use that without it poisoning us? Well, that's a great question. You're asking terrific questions. So <laughs> justice with people, uh, and this includes people actually, there's this continuum that we call like the light to the dark. And I don't mean colors of energy. When we talk colors of energy, you can use white energy. You can use black energy. The, the, the brighter and the whiter the energies you're working with, the more spiritual they are. The darker the energies, just in terms of the color or the hue, uh, those tend to be the more mechanical and the denser. So if you've got to kind of get through your day, you're going to want to bring in red. You're going to want to bring in like a darker color to like, oh, keep you going. Mm -hmm. You want to get a bright idea. How about yellow or white? When people ask about dark, a lot of times they're asking also like, what about evil? Yeah. (laughs) Right? And people are included in this category. There's souls, there's forces uh, that inadvertently create harm, that manipulate, that attach to people, let's say they're deceased or they're dissociated entities. Uh, When they're manipulative, they can connect to the living because they don't want to go to whatever you want to call God And they're scared of that, so they want to steal people's light, their own heart and soul energies. Or in order for a deceased being that really doesn't have permission to be here, to be in the density, they have to take people's physical energy. Mm. So they'll often cause emotional trauma. Uh, In the Sufi path, that's a spiritual pathway, they're often called the voice uh, or the fire because they'll reinvigorate your negative beliefs about yourself or the world. Uh, and so we don't want to engage with those beings. Some of them, there's just sort of lost, just like some people are lost. Mm-hmm. Some of them are really negative. I've, I have seen them cause illness. I have seen when I've worked with somebody and we get rid of one of these darker beings, my client gets well. The cancer goes away. The heart disease goes away. So I completely believe these exist. I saw them as a child. And I don't think of that as a religious comment. I think of that as the fact we live in a world where we don't perceive 99% of reality. So why wouldn't there be this side to reality? Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think the fact that we have, you know, the physical world absolutely proves to me that we have the non-physical world as well, because there's just this natural balance to everything in nature. I mean, it's there, you can see it. And what you don't see is just as much there. Yeah, exactly. I I think, you know, it's interesting in movies like uh, Star Wars, those are great for learning about the light and the dark forces, right? Um, There is this sort of a balance and that's, that's required. I do believe in our world, in this universe we live in, there does, there is this need for the light and the dark. I don't mean pure evil. You know, I mean, choices. Mm-hmm. We talk about it in the Judeo-Christian path, the, the knowledge of good and bad, because we're ultimately in a, in a soul school. And how can mm-hmm. you choose to be loving if there isn't another option? How can you choose to do the right thing, even if it's hard, if there isn't like a lesser goodness that you have to decide not to do? It's a school. And I think certain people, the Dalai Lama kind of people, and those of us striving, 
I don't think I will get there in his lifetime, you know, are trying to get to a point where they can just operate from that place of connection. And it doesn't matter so much if something's light versus dark. They, there's just this unity feeling mm. and the choices are just, you know, we just do what's loving. I, yeah. I think that's what we're striving for no matter our path. Yeah. And that, that brings my next question is you talk a lot about past lives. How many times have we all been here? Has everyone returned to earth to, to go through this soul school, to learn, to fulfill some sort of purpose that we pick before we come? What's the deal? What's, what's your perspective on that? I think we've all been in many past lives. <laughs> so, and if I'm going to really blow our socks off, <laughs> well, and I've met people who say this, I believe some of our souls haven't just been alive on the earth plane. And even on the earth plane, many cultures say there've been four ages. Science will kind of say there's been a lot of destruction and recreation. Yeah. You know, there's been different ages on this planet, but 27 cultures also say their ancestors came from other planets. And so who knows where we've been? You know, what planet we've come through? You know, what constellation brought us here? What, we're, what we've been here? And, you know, kind of how many ways we've, we've reincarnated? Have we always been people? Yeah. Have we been other types of beings? I have, I have one client, a little boy, his mother brought him to see me. And he he was a beautiful little boy, but he wouldn't talk. I mean, I know he knew how to talk, but he wouldn't talk except to his mother. And she brought him into this room, actually. And he sat over there and he brought this, what were they called? Bionics or some goofy looking, you know, action figure that, that kids have. And he just stared at me. He wouldn't let his hair be cut. He uh, would only wear the same clothing all the time. He was probably about eight. And I looked at him and I had this image and I said, you haven't really been on this planet before, have you? He just stared at me. And I said, you know, I think you were in XYZ before. And he looked at his mother and he said, did you tell her that? She goes, I haven't told her anything. And I said, why don't we talk about where you're from so you can get more comfortable being where you are? He spent the next 15 minutes just talking about where he was from. I know this yeah. is really odd, isn't it? But that's why people see people like me. And after about two or three sessions, he was starting to talk to his classmates. He let his hair, you know, kind of go into more of a typical style. He started wearing other clothing. He, I don't think, had been on this planet, which most of us have been. Mm -hmm. Think about the sticker shock yeah. <laughs> for a soul, for a kid who's really different and really unusual. This episode is sponsored by Haya Health. Did you know that 93% of kids don't eat enough fruits and vegetables? And we all know what they're eating instead. I mean, we're talking about chicken fingers, macaroni and cheese, processed foods, sugar, sugar, sugar. But you know what doesn't have sugar is Haya Vitamins. They actually have 12 essential fruits and vegetables in every serving. And it comes straight to your door in fun packaging that your kids can actually decorate. So it's an interactive process. I know that typical kids' vitamins are covered in sugar. I mean, you can literally see it on there. And it's not like you're just giving your kid one. You're giving them typically four in a day. 
And when you look at the science behind what sugar does to the gut biome, it's a no-brainer that that's actually hurting your child more than it's helping. We all want to do the best for our kids. So that's where Haya Vitamins comes in. And we've worked out an exclusive offer with Haya Health for their best-selling children's vitamin. This is just for Motherhood Unstressed podcast listeners. You receive 50% off your first order. That's five zero. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com forward slash unstressed or just enter the code unstressed at checkout. That's H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash unstressed to get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Full discount is applied at checkout. I don't think we're going to get many psychologists or psychiatrists to buy into this, Mm -hmm. but how important if there is a soul like that, that they have that option to be able to work with it. Yeah. Is there any way, because I mean, you, you remembered your past life, right? Wow. Can I, can I ask what, what, what it was, where were you, what time? Well, I've had many past lives. Um, I'll start with one interesting story where my youngest was about three or so. And he looked at me and he goes, do you remember that life when you were the baby sister and I was the baby brother? I said, yeah, because I do. He goes, and I said, what do you remember about it? He goes, you were really heavy and I had to carry you all the time. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? So So soul families. Exactly. Yeah. Very interesting. There was a stage when I was kind of in between doing traditional family systems therapy, which I'm a big believer in, and doing more of my energetic, where my issues come from, what's going on with the invisible world blocks therapy, where I had this vision one night where I saw three of my different lives and how they were impacting me. One was I had been this horrible Chinese warlord I mean, I just killed everybody and I had all the money. I was just nasty, very nasty. Another one I remembered, I was a a shaman, like a chief and a shaman, a Native American who felt everything in his heart and cared about everybody, which is itself a burden. Mm-hmm. And this other one, I was, I don't know, maybe in the, the, the teens or the 20s and the 1900s, and I was like a flapper woman. And I was just about as vapid and empty <laughs> as somebody could be. And wow. I know. And from that, I took the teachings and the learnings about what to be and what not to be. Because it's a perfect storyline of how we're the same soul, but we act out different parts of ourselves, Mm -hmm. learn who we are. And I really did give up much of the vapidness I had at the time. I decided it really wasn't good to just work for money. (laughs) And I thought, you know what? I don't want to take on everybody's problems because then I'm going to end up like the Native American Mm -hmm. shaman again and just miserable all the time. So we're building a portfolio of lessons as we go. That's incredible. I mean, do you think it's the reason that we have known other people in our past lives, whether it's in our family or without, that we feel such a strong connection with some people and then like nothing with someone else? Like you've met people and you feel like, I know this person, you know? Oh, I think totally. And we all have that feeling like, oh, I'm drawn to them. I know them. I know what they're really like. Yeah. I don't trust them and nothing has transpired. I think it's because we've interacted before. 
other planets, places, this earth, maybe in between lives, who knows what happens. You know, we're not just going boom, boom, boom all the time. We've got to process a few things. And some are just different that we just don't know them. They're, we haven't come across them. And so we've got to get to know that person if we do want to keep them in our life because we don't have these recognition signatures. We don't know their signature. Yeah. And that's really what it is. It's almost like a scent, you know, that we recognize on a soul level. That's how I felt anyway. I know. Isn't it interesting? And then it is interesting when there's sort of nothing sometimes because I'm not married at the moment. And at some point I really do want to meet a really great person to spend the rest of my life with. I sometimes go back and forth between, do I want to meet somebody I've known? Oh, and then there's baggage. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to start over. (laughs) I love it. it. Um, hmm, That's interesting. That's making me think. (laughs) question though. I don't know how many people sit and think about that, but I do. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, to talk about, I could talk to you about past lives forever because I find it so fascinating. Um, but what about like other, other entities like aliens and things like that? Are you open to that? Have you ever seen an alien? Have you talked to like, you know, the star seeds that might be here? Talk to us about that. I just love this interview. You're letting me go to the edges. <laughs> I mean, I'm just holding space. You're fantastic. Your work is just so interesting. So I do believe that they're aliens. And I think some of them we connect with more psychically. And my clients and students have connected with more psychically. And I have actually seen spaceships. Now, this is another interesting story. I led a group of women to Sedona for a seminar a few years ago. And Sedona is one of those woo-woo weird places that odd people like me, but normal people with a lot of money, you know, end up going to down in Arizona. And I had concluded our seminar. We had all done this sort of fire ceremony. We took off not to see each other again, staying at different hotels in three different vehicles And somehow, about half an hour later, we all ended up on the same road in the desert, like all three vehicles. And we got out of our cars like, this is so weird. How do we drive here? And above us in the night sky were three spaceships. Now, these these were not helicopters. These were not tiny little drones. These were Mm -hmm. like those whirly gig spaceships. And one got really low. We could sense the beings, feel them. It was a positive experience. The next morning, we all decided, and nobody got a picture because you're not thinking, right? (laughs) which is silly. So the next morning, we decided to meet for breakfast. And by then, half the women decided they had just made it up. I know. Our brains are so locked in. Mm -hmm. I mean... You know, I have a good friend. His name is Michael Scroggins. He's got 18 advanced degrees. He's way too smart. I hardly understand him. (laughs) And you know how we say we only use 10% of our brain and not 90%. He says, that's not true. He said the 90% that we don't think we're using, we're just holding on to history. We're just telling ourselves the same beliefs that we think are true that maybe have never been. So we alter our you know, kind of our perceptions based on what we think is going to make us normal or safe. But I have clients who talk to aliens. I had a little boy, a 12-year-old, 
came to see me. Another situation where his mother brought him in, he wouldn't talk. I mean, he didn't have a, an issue with talking, but he just said, make her figure out what I want to talk about. I'm like, oh, I hate that. Oh, great. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but I did keep seeing this sort of a blue figure in my mind. So I looked at him and I said, I see this blue figure. I just see this person, looks like a, a girl, who's blue. He too looked at his mother and said, did you tell her? She goes, didn't say a word. And he said, I get this little blue girl coming and talking to me. Hmm. And I like to leave an empty seat in the movie theater because she'll sit down with me. I completely believe this was a little alien girl. This boy is so here on purpose. He's very scientific. He's very brainiac. And he also gets this dream, you know, nighttime dream. He's in the dream. The little girl's in the dream. These other beings are in the dream. They're all about his age. They're holding hands. And they're all activating some sort of beautiful white energy in the center of this circle. And he goes, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be opening that here. Wow. Uh, and he... And he asked me this question. He said, because he was sort of nervous. He goes, so what, what do you think I am? Am I just weird? And I said, you're an X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so do you think he's actually doing that in the dream? Like he I actually is going saying, some, yeah. I do. I think he's doing this and I hope he remembers it. I hope he knows how to finish school how to get his PhD in nanotech or whatever he's going to get it in, you know, and then I hope he's, because he's in a physical body, I hope he's able to bring these lucid, but, but subtle experiences into this world so we can benefit from them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you really believe that that's why we're all here to, to bring us into greater enlightenment or just to play out some epic story and then do it all over again when the world like gets destroyed and then we start all over again? Oh, I hope we're not destroying anymore. I really do. You know, I, I live a really normal life. <laughs> I run my dogs. I have sons. I go to the grocery store. I clean my house. I have to pay my bills. And so part of me doesn't buy into what a lot of people call about this ascension legend, you know, idea where we're just going to become fifth dimensional and vibrate and be holy beings. I don't know if we have it in us. I'm just being really honest. Mm -hmm. I do believe though, that we're supposed to finally figure out that we're in this together. I think we're supposed to figure that out. And I think if we can figure that out and start living from that place, you know, the Hopis actually talk about that there has been a first stage. I brought that concept up a few minutes ago. And in that first stage, the plants and the animals were here before us. And then human souls came and we screwed up because we started listening to darkness mm. and we didn't learn from the plants and the animals. So can we learn? If we learn, I don't think we have to do this destructive pattern. I think we can figure out how to be here and maybe connect to other types of beings, whatever our, you know, our prelude is, and we can live in good ways. It doesn't mean death is going to be defeated. I don't know what it's going to mean, but we don't need to commit atrocities. We don't need to hurt each other. We don't need to abuse children. That should be just completely off limits. 
And I think if we get the lessons of what the Hopis would call that first stage, learn, be open, figure out who we are, figure out we're in this together, maybe we can not go off the cliff this time. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And just by you sharing that, like, I think that plays a role in that, you know, that awareness, because this is going all over the world. And the woman listening to this is like, I want to be a part of that too. So thank you. Ugh, this is so good. Um, if there were anything that you would want to, I mean, we could just end on that really, but if there were anything that you would want to leave the woman listening to this, you're getting any downloads for, for them right now, what would you want to leave? Well, let me see what downloads I do get, because let's just be in the moment with that. I feel a little bit like crying. Um, and I do get this image of some sort of like a white, I don't know, I'd call it a white light, you know, that which you might call the source by any name, just wanting to touch each soul who's listening, touch each soul, you know, that can be touched right now. And I feel like the message of that touch to the heart, which you might feel right now, is just you're here for a reason and you're here on purpose you brought your gifts with you. You are your gift. And then I'm just hearing the message, the way she'll be shown to each, to each individual. It's not one way, yeah. it's every way. And I, I guess that's what I'm hearing, Liz. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you so much, Cindy. Um, for our listener, where can they find you online? Where can they get your books? Tell us all the things. <laughs> it's very easy. You just look at my website, cindydale.com. It's spelled weird. You don't want to look up Cindy Lauper, though she's super cool. <laughs> it's it's C-Y-N-D-I. So Cindy spelled more like cynthiadale.com. And you know, the books are on there and you can check out what I'm doing. Beautiful. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Thank you for this conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed speaking with you. Me too. Thank you. Hey guys, before we dive into this episode, I want to mention our show sponsor, Beekeepers Naturals. Now they have a wide variety of bee products like royal jelly, um, hemp honey sticks, but I want to talk to you today about their Bee Elixir Brain Fuel. Now this product comes in these little vials. Don't make the same mistake I did and take the entire vial in one sitting uh, because you will literally be buzzing around like a bee. This thing hacks through brain fog, gives your body and your brain such a boost of energy. I mean, it was unlike anything I had ever experienced before. I mean, it was incredible. Um, and it's because it works on your brain uh, as a nootropic, which means it helps elevate the functioning and the processing of your brain. So if you are looking for something to cut through brain fog, to hack productivity, to get deep into the zone, I highly recommend checking out beekeepersnaturals.com and clicking on their Beelixer brain fuel and use my code unstressed so you can save. You've been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful that we got this time together today. And if you love this episode, I would so appreciate it if you would share it out on your social media. Make sure to tag us at Motherhood Unstressed. Connect with us at Motherhood Unstressed. I'd love to connect with you uh, and see where the work has gone in the world. And make sure that you subscribe so that you never miss out on an amazing interview with an incredible guest or our weekly guided meditations every Wednesday. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable. 
with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.